G'day, my name's Adam Draycott. Uh, you're watching uh, the online ministry from St. Augustine's Anglican Church. Uh, this is our Christmas Day message. Before we come to the ministry of God's Word, let's enter into a time of praise. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature. comes from Matthew chapter 2 beginning at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. 
When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. Father God, help us to use this time well as we reflect on the on the meaning of Christmas and what it is all about. By your Spirit, show us the wonder and magnitude of your love. In Jesus' name, Amen. When you were born, who came to visit? And who was in charge at the time? When I was born, apparently my dad and my two sisters came to visit. My birth was so significant, I was visited by people who were members of my family and people who were in the hospital anyway. Way back then, Elizabeth II was Queen and John Gorton was Prime Minister, but I'm fairly certain the Queen was not informed that I had entered the world. The professors of the universities of Sydney or New South Wales did not pack their bags and come racing to see me. Once I got home, at no stage did the Prime Minister of the day knock on the door and ask my mum and dad if they could enter and give me some presents. The powerful, intelligent people of the year 19... something or other did not stop and drop everything and clear their diaries and come to see me, let alone get down on their knees and worship me. But when Jesus was born, that's what the Magi did. Now, we don't know much about the Magi. We don't really know a lot about them or where they came from. We don't know their names. We don't even know how many there were, really. But we do know this that wise people travelled a long way, months of walking uh, from Arabia, Persia probably, with expensive gifts, and they followed to see a baby born in a small town, in a small country, in the far corner of the Roman Empire. We do know that their arrival caused a big stir. Not just for Herod, but for 
all of the city Jerusalem with him. I mean, can you imagine it? A large procession of emissaries, let's call them, diplomats, diplomats and all of their hangers-on, because they travelled for months to get there, there would have been a lot of them. A caravan of people. What else do we know? We do know is that when they got to the place where Mary was staying with Jesus, these powerful, intelligent people, they saw the child with his mother and got down on their knees and worshipped the child. We have come to worship him, they told King Herod, and that's exactly what they did. So this is extraordinary. Some might even say this is absolutely bonkers. And it would have been if it had not been for the fact that this child was different. This child had been born King of the Jews, the Christ himself. And though these wise men, if you call them that, were, well, they weren't Jews. But still they knew that this child mattered for them too. If Jesus was the Christ, what these magi did wasn't bonkers, wasn't ridiculous. It was actually really very sensible if Jesus is the Christ. Because if that is true, the right response can only be to worship him. That goes for us too. If Jesus is the Christ, the right response is to copy the Magi, do what they did, and worship Christ. All right, so here's the first question. Who can worship the Christ? Well, it's worth noting these guys were star worshippers and considered by God's people as idolaters. Those that stared at constellations throughout Old Testament scripture whether they're in Pharaoh's court, if you remember those guys, or in the book of Daniel. We were there recently, weren't we? They were always popping up, weren't they? Always the enemy antagonizing and oppositional to God's people. And it's not even just that they're magi, right? These guys hail from places like what was Babylon and Persia, places of captivity and subjugation for God's people. And so we can read Matthew 2 and think, Herod's the bad guy, and for sure he is. But see here this staggering thing, that people with a history of opposing God turned up to worship Christ. Next time you look at an eternity, and the wise men are there, think of that. People with a history of antagonizing and being oppositional to God turned up to worship Christ. Wow. The Christ child then is to be worshipped by one and all, the Jew and the non-Jew, the poor shepherds, these wise men, their magi, those even with a history of hostility towards God. They come before this king. And they worship him. The baby has not come only, not only for his people Israel, not only for even non-Israel, but for people that are also his enemies. 
and enemies and non-enemies alike will one day worship him. That's the message. It's true at his birth, or true here, rather. And it's true when Jesus returns, when all will bow the knee. I want to show you something else. If you look at the flow of Matthew's account, you can see in chapter 1, verse 20, there Joseph meets the angel. Angel says, verse 21, Mary's going to give birth to a boy and his name will be Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. And then what's the very next story? The very next story is this one. Did we just jump over the angels? Did we just jump over the shepherds? Or the manger? Did we bypass all of that? It's more like a pole vault rather than a, just a little jump. We get Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, Emmanuel, God with us. We get verse 21 of chapter 1, He will save His people from their sins. We get that. And then the very next story, months later, months later, Matthew's first story of worship, the first Recorded response is Arabs from the East worshipping Christ. See again, God's program is global. His heart for mission is worldwide. That Jesus is for everyone. Even his enemies will bow down. And so if that is true, man alive, there really is no reason not to worship Christ. Take the lead of the Magi. Now, what does worship mean? Is it simply what we do when we go to church? You know, Is it worship? Well, only provided the music and the singing is right, or only provided the right instruments are being played, or only if the clergy are dressed appropriately, or if the prayer is a particular form, that's that's worship, or the lighting, let's talk about, let's not. Or, or, or it must have the right vibe, the right kind of worship feels, then it's worship. And of course, all of this might be true for the traditionalist or the contemporary person. But if Jesus is the Christ, there must be more to our idea of worship. And the story of the Magi is one big, magnificent act of worship. Why? Well, irrespective of the odds. See, these guys give up their time, their treasure, their focus is on seeking out and finding Jesus. This is very intentional. Worship here is not about vibe and feels and finger in the belly button, all that kind of stuff. No, it's about a relationship. It's about sacrifice and cost, counting the cost. Because they've put, out, put themselves out for Jesus. They seek more knowledge about Jesus. I mean, this often gets overlooked. Wise men are wise because they act on biblical truth of Scripture. Wise thing to be led by God's word. They go to Jerusalem. And at Jerusalem they're told, the scriptures say go to Bethlehem. And so they do. And the star is a thing. It's undeniable. Especially verse 9, as it stopped over the child. What's that about? It's weird. I read that and go, well, it's not an astronomy thing. But it's a God thing. It's God's leading. It can't be anything else. 
It's interesting as I think about God's leading, because often in the Bible, divine stars and angelic messengers are the same thing. Mm. For example, Job 38 verse 7, The Lord speaks of morning stars singing together, angels shouting for joy. Now you might say, well, Adam, why didn't he just say that? And I'm going to say, well, it's context. God's accommodating something. These guys are stargazers. So why not? What did they need then in order to find Jesus? Answer, God. They needed God. The God who speaks and promises through the scriptures. The God who will provide all the help necessary to point people to the Son. That is what God does. You want to find Jesus. You start with God, don't you? And ask him for help. And then come to the scriptures and let him lead you and guide you. Here's another thing. True worship uh, is also obedience. True worship uh, is not this disposition where I think I know better. Not at all. True worship is obedience. It's submitting to God. It's accepting God's help and his guidance and his direction. Which is why we love God's word so much here at St. Augustine's. What, what else is worship? Well, they give Jesus the best they have to offer. This Jesus shapes the way they use their time, how they, re how they spend their days, their thinking. They want to know more. And when they get the information, they act on it. But also see it, it shape the way they use their wallets as well. Jesus is front and centre. Jesus here is accepted as the Christ and ruler. And friends, this is wise living. This is worshipful living. And we need to talk about this because so many think in our world, even at Christmas, people think it's downright stupid to worship Christ. And can I say, my wife hates that word stupid. She thinks it's really stupid. But people do think it's stupid. But these wise men would say it's wiser to accept that God became a man called Jesus. That is wiser to accept than to ignore him. And that it's wiser to accept that if we can't understand everything about Jesus, maybe it's not because we're clever or because it's all rubbish and stupid, but rather it's because God is God and we are not. Perhaps the wise thing to do is to look at the evidence and think things through thoroughly instead of dismissing anything to do with God's promised perfect king. And if Jesus is the Christ, perhaps the wise thing to do is to worship him with all we have, just as these magi, these, these people did. It's what wise rulers have been doing ever since. Ever since wise, truly wise rulers have been doing this. In the Middle Ages, in the 11th century, Canute the Great ruled England and Denmark and Norway. 12th century historian 
says King Canute set his throne by the seashore and commanded the tide to halt and not wet his feet and robes, right? Because that's what you can do when you're a king. Yet, it's written, it says, continuing to rise as usual, the tide dashed over his feet and legs without respect to his royal person. Then the king leapt backwards saying, let all men know how empty and worthless is the power of kings. For there is none worthy of the name, but he whom heaven, earth and sea obey by eternal laws. He's talking about Jesus. He then hung his gold crown on a crucifix and he never wore it again to the honour of God, the almighty king. Queen Victoria in the 1800s ruled over a third of the world, said she could not wait to meet Jesus. Why? So I can cast my crown before him. She recognised that even as one of the most powerful people in the world, she had a ruler, one who deserved her everything, even her crown. Friends, this is wise living. And we need to lay our crowns before him. Following Jesus, no matter who you are, trusting him with his words, trusting that he is the king, our Lord and our saviour who loves us. Everyone else may fail you. Even Christian leaders will fail you. Political leaders, you name it. But it doesn't change the truth that we find here. I mean, Herod was a rat bag, but the truth of the scriptures remained. God loves us. God loves us so much. He would rather send his son, born a baby, born in Bethlehem, but born to die. He would rather do that than face eternity without us, such as our need, such as the wonder of Christmas. And in response to his love, he calls his people to live lives that love and worship and adore the one true king. He is the king who demands our all. And he demands it because he himself first gave it. And he has given his all that we might have life and peace with God. And so he calls us to worship him and honour him in every way as people who belong to him. He calls us to love him. And it will cost you nothing but love. Then again, love costs you everything, doesn't it? But it receives and gives what money can never buy. Friends, this is wise living. And this is true, true worship. And may these words be true for you. And all who hear this message uh, this Christmas. Amen.
church family here at St Augustine's Inverell, uh, we want to extend to you uh, much love and peace uh, and all those good things uh, this Christmas. Let me close with the words of blessing from Luke's Gospel chapter 2, a blessing for Christmas. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. May his favour rest on all of us. In Jesus' name, Amen.